Hello, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Love Bold Society podcast. Woo, 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 woo. What the fuck's been going on? What y'all been up to? <laughs> I am Kiyomi Hall, and I probably already know that now. This is episode three. So, for episode three, I decided to have a co host with me so you guys can have a variety of people that you hear besides me. <laughs> so, that is her laughing. That is my beautiful sister, Miko. Woop, woop, woop. Welcome woop, woop, to the woop. podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. Woop, woop, a co host. Okay. Yes. yes I'm excited. Bitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, for this episode we are just going to kind of like have a discussion um i've been seeing a lot of memes and a lot of conversations about women having boundaries not having boundaries setting mm-hmm. boundaries and you know mm-hmm. i've been you know sukiyana got a song talking about where she's not pussy popping for a foe for foe and oh foe yes foe is what? from wendy's off the menu <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yes, girl. She, you know, she's not <laughs> pussy popping for before. <laughs> All right. What you popping it for then, girl? Tell it. But <laughs> essentially, I kind of want to bring it back because it's a lot of discussions about boundaries and about standards, but I don't think there's any conversation surrounding how people are raised because Mm, essentially how people are raised is going to be where the boundaries and the um, standards come from. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the podcast. This is episode three and this is what we're going to get into. All right. Okay. So um, I just kind of want to dive into it. Miss Lady, when do you think that um, boundaries Mm. or standards should be set by a young lady um I think it starts early you know like when you're going through your teenage years your puberty when you first start dating those sorts of things um I would say that you know that's when they should begin for sure you know like you start to set up your boundaries then well, I agree. Um, like we were saying, and like I, this was a conversation that we were having, and y'all weren't present, so we're <laughs> going to bring the conversation here. Um, with her and I, we were raised differently, just to mm, give you guys okay. a little bit of background. Yeah. So essentially, we were in the same household. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went to foster care. Then we mm-hmm. um, moved to Seattle. And I was mm-hmm. like maybe 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And how yep. old were you? I was about 10. So essentially during that time, I was a badass, you know, (laughs) being very rebellious and just... Um, nah, nah, give yourself some slack. At the end of the day, going through what we went through, shit just happened the way it did. No, I understand that. But when we, um, to give you guys some more feedback, when we, we lived in Louisiana and we Mm -hmm. were in a foster home Mm -hmm. and my aunt came and got us from Louisiana and that would be why we moved to Seattle. So when we moved to Seattle, I was under the impression that I was going to actually be able to be a kid Mm, because I um, wasn't able to be a kid because our parents were heavy drug users. Mm -hmm. So in that... Goddamn Reagan. (laughs) They um, abandoned us and just a lot of different things happened. So for me... I was excited that my aunt came because I was like, fuck, yes, I could be a kid. I ain't got to take care of nobody. Yes. And then when we got there, that bitch got some foster kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's about two more niggas. Oh, my God. And I went from thinking I was going to be a kid and I had to stay in the same mode of a grown ass kid parenting. You know what I'm saying? So that piece 
is what caused me to be rebellious and just be pissed off. And talk off. about how old were you at that time? You were about 12 at that time, right? Like 12, 13 when we first got there and the evolution like after a few years. When we first got to Seattle? Seattle, mm-hmm. We Girl, were like, I'm like, just I don't fucking know. But <laughs> bottom line, she got some foster kids. And I was like, this is that straight BS. And so I just never yeah. got to be a kid. And I didn't know how to process that. So I was showing my ass, showing my ass. So <laughs> in that, she sent me to Womp, 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 Dry Ass Sacramento. Dun, dun, dun. And so <laughs> with that, I just... I just stayed on the rebellious path and Sacramento just didn't do anything for me. So Mm -hmm. I ended up going to foster care in Sacramento. And so with that piece, we were raised differently because with me being in Mm -hmm. Sacramento and being in foster care and being in a group home, it kicked me into survival mode. So being a young black female, chocolate and bow leg, big ass titties, you know what I'm saying? I had to associate (laughs) my value with my look. Because I was in survival mode. So I had to associate my boundaries and my yeah. standards early and associate my box with a coin. Ding! So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were just, we, we were raised differently. So yeah. with that, I was in survival mode. So for me, I had to learn early that if I didn't want to be homeless, I had to be cute. I had, you know, it was just different things that I had to learn Mm. and my boundaries had to be set quick Mm. because being on the street and well not necessarily on the street but just being around men that are older than you they will try to take advantage of you and they associate looks and sex with money so um and Mm. drugs and all kinds of other stuff if you don't stay on the path on the right path but (laughs) um so for you miss lady with you being Mm -hmm. raised differently when did you start to associate boundaries and i would like i said i was just you know like so to give some context um for my story I, i i was raised in a basically a single parent household um the foster care situation whatever like my aunt raised me um and i ended up being the only child raised by her for the most part of the time that i lived in seattle so i kind of you know like um had a more what i would consider to be a middle class privileged lifestyle i had a support system outside of my aunt that raised me um she provided a really good network of people around me so it was literally like um seattle at that time was progressive and thriving so black people were everywhere city councilmen like the head of whatever whatever you can think of we were in charge of some shit so she exposed me to that level of not just being black but also knowing who you are and kind of going through this walk of life of being like you're in charge what you want whatever you want you can have it and she would make sure to put people around me who could show me that and so for me very early I was confident like I didn't have any sort of idea about street life or like you know what I'm saying like I would be around different people my family shit like that but it was just like um, out of sight out of mind that's not what was happening in my house so for me it was just like I'm in control of everything. And then once I flipped the switch to from being a tomboy to kind of like being more interested in men and like dating or boys and dating, it was just more of that boss sort of personality. You know, like I had um, my uncle around me, uh, my aunt and uncle, their brother and sister. So they were in two different homes, but they still raised me together. Of course. And um, 
you know, my uncle was like a father figure for me. So I didn't have, and he was a great man. You know, literally, the man didn't cuss, didn't drink, didn't gamble. I never saw none of that. Didn't smoke, nothing. He was like, uh, for lack of better words, like the cliche, like quintessential, like man figure to be around, especially as a woman. I never saw him disrespect women, talk crazy to women, nothing. And so for me, it was just like, a very clear idea about how to be treated you know of course you're young so you don't really like know everything and of course I wasn't gonna ask them questions about shit so you know you go through different things in the sense of like learning your boundaries you know so like the first time that you know dudes are trying to talk to you and even that is a boundary you know like you trying to talk to me and you exactly like no nigga like I'm standing right here if you trying to talk to me come to me and I knew that just because like I guess, like I said, just kind of being more in control of myself as a human being, just being like, I know fucking dog, like not come here, Lassie. Who you talking to? So I dealt with that. So do you feel like that comes from just that piece right there? Because men, boys, excuse me, do have a different way of catcalling. And I think that's just several different reasons as far as why they do that it could yeah. be peer pressure it could be who they're around it could be how they seen other men um mm-hmm. interact with women do you think that having confidence just in that small piece on how a man approaches you is different for everybody because i think course. so totally <laughs> of course you know because it weeds out the bullshit at the end of the day like niggas know what time it is when they approach a woman like hey shoddy what's up you know what i'm saying you looking good i like the way that outfit hugging your dress or hugging your body whatever the fuck versus him saying like hi you know like um how are you how you doing you know i don't know anything about you but i love the chance to get to know you like what's your name blah 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 oh, girl, There's how a- often did so- <laughs> i lived in georgia you had all different types of niggas let's be clear like I got the real deal you know grown sort of mature aspect when it comes to approaching you and I got a lot of the like you know BS too but I think that you just have to know who you are to determine like what the what is you know what I'm saying like the end of the day I understand that your heart is not wrapped around the way you talk. Of course. So, of course, there's people who have great hearts and good intentions, but they just may not say things well. You know what I'm saying? It's so, a lot of people right, like that. Exactly. I'm one of those people. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, just because a nigga's like, yo, Miss Lady, you know, I like the way to dress hugging your body. It doesn't mean that he's on some fuck shit. It just means that maybe his... He can't he, articulate he can't, himself well. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, I think having the discernment of being around a lot of different types of black people at an early age gave me the understanding to be able to discern like what the what is and have the confidence to be able to say like "Uh uh-uh I ain't doing that or okay I will do this you know or maybe it's not the confidence maybe it's the familiar familiarity yes but it's also the discernment piece of it because confidence is only going to take you so far but the discernment is gonna follow that shit through because that feeling that you get in your gut from the energy that that other person is giving off to you Mm -hmm. is going to give you a green light on whether okay i can rock with this or nah i can't he all bad i can't do it i got a poot or something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's funny but i think it also goes back to like classism in a way too because of how i was sheltered in kind of this like bubble yeah Um, i agree it it created a sort of like as messed up as it was, I remember being grown and meeting men 
and looking at their shoes first. Like I would literally look at their shoes before I would look in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like on some before I could even like I would size you up real quick just to see like who you are because growing up I was told but that's something you were taught right I was taught like you always look at the bottom of a man's shoes and his the nails. back of his neck his nails you and know what I'm saying teeth. yeah and that's like you just this is what you do <laughs> and this is how I was taught you know from a woman who is got her own house got her you know what I'm saying so at the end of the day like it's just levels in the education that I was given that you may not have received in a different way. Like you may have just discern that shit on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like just being able to say like, oh, okay, like. But the key piece in this is how you were raised. Yes. So totally. the, the whole thing boils down to how and you were raised, raised because yes. you were raised or taught to, to learn those things. Mm-hmm. For me, I was on in survival mode. So being, interacting with different street men that sold dope and all that type of stuff you had to learn though well I had to learn those things on my own and then follow it through and it was more trial and error right so maybe I should say it that way it's more trial and error when you're in in survival mode in order to know yes or no to discern yeah Ooh, Jesus, yes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, but that's, you know, that's real for a lot of people. Basically, just how we developed our boundaries, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was our sort of first um, re- realization that, oh, okay, like, I'm, inter- I'm entering this world of interacting with the opposite sex. Like, what are the boundaries that I created? So, from very beginning, it was, like, time, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, I, this is, this was me, you know? I'm in high school, niggas is trying to talk to me, whatever. Um... At one point, I actually had my own phone line at home. So it was just like I could do. Right. Coraline was very different with me. (laughs) I had my own phone line. So it was just like, um, I don't know what you think this is. Like, ain't nobody. I don't care what time. Like, a nigga, there's a cutoff time. You know what I'm saying? We ain't finna be caking on the phone phone all night. night And you ain't finna call me. No, it was not no party (laughs) line. At the end of the day, I just had. And a partial part of that is because I did grow up with someone who was hella strict. And I didn't see a lot. She didn't take bullshit from the men in her life. So it was like. Um, if you're not going to respect these boundaries, then, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot that I myself wouldn't be able to do to, with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, she wouldn't allow for me to date you. She wouldn't allow for me to go to these places if you were, you know, like, if I was doing too much. So, at the end of the day, like, she opened my eyes because, you know, I would have these, like, I remember talking to somebody and um, she hated him. She called him, like, Ray Ray TT something. She was like, I don't give a fuck. The she, guy you were Yeah, doing? she was okay. like, she didn't even want to know his name. She was just like, fuck that little Ray Ray TT motherfucker. And so, you know, because he wasn't her idea of who I should be dating because in her mind it should have been, you know, I guess someone somebody who was more, more prestige. Right, exactly. And I didn't give a fuck about that at the end of the day. So, you know, like, I remember, um, this is funny, I remember he tried me, like, in a sexual way, and I think I was, like, um, junior year of high school, maybe, yeah, and um, I didn't take it well at all, you know, like, and instead of being on some, like, I was like, take me home, and he was like, I'll take you home in this game. Okay, so, pause to that. Why didn't you take it well? Is it because of how he tried to... It was manipulation. Yes, I didn't take it well because he tried to manipulate me out of my panties instead of just being genuine about it. And again, like, I just, that just didn't work for me. Like, if we're supposed to be in this relationship, then you should be comfortable enough to tell me what it is that you have on your mind instead of being on some sneaky shit, like trying to 
you know, like on some, I'm going to outsmart her out of her own shit. And that it really made me angry because it's about at that point, power and control and intelligence. Right. But that's once again going, because if he would have, but one, he's probably already tried that manipulation with several other young ladies who don't have boundaries and don't have any standards. And he was older, have the confidence to where that shit was okay. Like, hey, finesse over here, draws, you know, so he no. was. And he told been... me that later because okay. he was basically like, because at that point, um, it was right before like some major like, homecoming or some shit. I don't know what it was, but obviously I didn't go with his ass. And he was mad because he was like, what? I didn't think you'd break up with me. I just thought you'd be mad. Nigga, what the fuck you think this is? Like, first of all, my mama already don't like you. And then you didn't give me a reason not to fucking like you. So, no, like, what the fuck? Like it wasn't, it wasn't (laughs) rocket science to me. It was just very basic because I always had the idea of, you know, one monkey don't stop no show. Like nigga, bye. There's more of you. Of course. And I was very, you know, like in terms of my, you know, I traveled, I was in this program. I was in that program. I had been to Dallas. I had been to New York. I had been, you know what I'm saying? So like Hawaii, Hawaii, I've been to different places. I, you know, going back and forth to LA, just doing different things in my life where it was just like, nigga, nah. Because to, to, to speak on that, I think, because I have an 18-year-old, you guys know that already, listening to the podcast, I I made it a focal point to expose her yes, to different things. She's been yes. out of to the Bahamas, London, tech, I mean, she, Vegas. She's been, she's well-traveled. Yes. So with her being well-traveled, and I also made it a focal point to be the first person to give her flowers, yes. to be the first person yes. to give her chocolate, yes. to just be the first person to expose. I know this shit... Her daddy's there, but, you know, (laughs) we on different wavelengths. We on different frequencies. Mm -hmm. But just to expose her, you know, take her to Thang Long and crustaceans Mm -hmm. and just that roof crisp, just that fine dining. So when a dude does come, Mm -hmm. he can't come at her with that nigga. (laughs) We going to Red Lobster. (laughs) (laughs) And she going to be like, what? Like, um, we go to Red Lobster all the time. Like, like what? what you got on you my crustaceans? Right. Like, so I nothing with that Red Lobster, bro. <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> so I just I think it's very, very important to yes. instill in our young ladies the yes. confidence in order because the confidence is key to set. Well, to feel confident, to know that you can have whatever you want to, mm-hmm. that you don't have to accept or be with the first guy that cat calls you and all mm-hmm. of that. Because I'm going through that with my daughter now. She got a little boy that she like. <sighs> but anywho. <laughs> yeah, I'm like mom's word. I don't know nothing. What? <laughs> so, but she has the confidence piece of it. But it's like this is her first date her first you know it's just her first of everything so she's super duper excited and for me it's like hold on shouty like (laughs) pump your brakes like i understand your pussy is throbbing but no we you know i'm saying let's scale it back let's have a little fun he gotta take you on some dates Mm -hmm. he gotta show because i don't know when i started to associate money with value and time as far as men Mm, spending with me because essentially being in survival mode you'd be like okay well if he's giving me his money then (laughs) um, he's interested and that's not always the case but (laughs) that's most definitely not always the case (laughs) but I 
think that when you're in survival mode, you start to associate money and time a lot faster than, than someone, someone like, who was yeah, middle class. Like me. Yeah, totally. Because yes. for me, it was just about a genuine love. Like I genuinely had the concept of falling in love to lose my virginity. Like that was something that was real to Aww. me. And that was a real thing. Like That's I wasn't so compromising on that because from my perspective, that was it. That was the only thing. I didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to provide for me. Like, you just have to genuinely love me. I mean, but still, even at 17, 18, you know what I'm saying? Like, because even because I lost my virginity when I went to college. So for me, it was like I developed all these different ideas and relationships with various people with the end goal being for us to really love Love each each other. other. And that's what I mean when I say, like, it wasn't anything like you know survival mode or monetary it was just like no nah, nigga like are you real or is this a real thing no i get it i lost my virginity when i was 15 and that shit was whack take your dick back like <laughs> <laughs> it don't count like not it don't count girl it, gonna it, that. It, it don't <laughs> it don't count that could so, be an episode <laughs> girl like i was born again and lost it again <laughs> at 17 that one counted but um but once again y'all grown listening to this so sex is not good till you know what the fuck you're doing right that part that's a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so to kind of um well we talked about the monetary value i think that might need to be another episode that we'll have to work on because i think might help a lot of ladies with that but um here at the Love Bolt Society podcast, I kind of wanted to give you guys what the definition of love and bold is. We're going to kind of wrap things up here. But essentially, love is an intense feeling of deep affection with someone you enjoy or like very much. And bold, the definition, now these are Webster's, Webster's <laughs> definitions. Bold is going to be showing the ability to take risks, being confident, and being courageous. So, Miss Lady, give us a quick synopsis of a time that you had to love boldly. Mm. We ain't got much time, boo. I know. That's why I'm just like, oh, man, a time I had to love boldly. Um, I would say maybe the last situation that I was in because it was basically rooted in loving myself more than what it offered. And so, like, from the outside looking in, it may have been a good situation, you know, because um, I believe in partnerships when you're in relationships, you know what I'm saying? It's like beneficial sort of thing. So in that situ- in that idea, um, depending on who you are, you may have been like, oh, that was a lich situation. But being that I loved myself greater in the sense of you just have to know who you are, you know, and not compromise on that. And so I genuinely had to like it was a it was like a morning in of ways and because it was like I'm dealing with this person who at the time was sort of my idea of what my mate would look like and then to have to step outside of that ideal and realize like wait but what are you actually getting though and so to love myself enough to disband my idea of what I thought was you know success or whatever that means for a person you know like in this being I see things that I really really want for my future and to say like okay wait but I love myself so much that his pitfalls or his you know like negative attributes I'm not willing to compromise on that 
You know what I'm saying? So it was like, no, like, yes, you do offer all of these amazing things that I've always wanted, but the things that you don't offer are kind of deal breakers for me. And so I just had to like backstep and backpedal out of that and sort of get to a space where it's like, no, like I can still have exactly what I want. Yes, you can have what you want. And loving yourself boldly is beyond important and that is the focal point of this podcast here love bold society we want you guys to invoke self-love self-care self-esteem boundaries standards all of the above so with that being said one thank you boo this is my sister thank you thank you so much for coming for my listeners you can Follow us at the Love Bolt Society on Instagram, Twitter. We have a website coming up. But I want you guys mm. to learn to love who you are and learn to forgive who has hurt you. Mm. That is going to be two things that you niggas need to start working on <laughs> immediately. immediately right? Like immediately. Because <sighs> we all, besides color, whatever, love is what's going to get us through all of this shit yes, that's going on. And learning how to forgive yourself and other people is going to be what gets us back to the love. So once again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This is Kiyomi and this is the Love Boat Society. You niggas tap in with me. (laughs) 